As we go and hear the scripture this morning, these are really familiar words. But let's remember the point of Matthew's gospel. The point of Matthew's gospel is to say everybody's in. To say, let me show you what I mean by that, including this story of the wise men. The hero supposedly was supposed to be Herod. And yet what happens with that? And so this unusual set of sages coming from a completely different place who were not even Jewish somehow hear this word and follow a light so that they can offer their gifts. Believe me, friends, there's a point to all of this. So see what it might be as Shannon reads this morning. Hear the word of God from the Gospel of Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born the king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod secretly called for for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and they paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left For their own country by another road. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. I love the way you read that, partly because you read it like an adventure story, which is what it needs to be. Well, first of all, again, Happy New Year. It's great to see you. I want to ask, and I would be, you know, I I have to ask this. How many of you made, how many of you made New Year's resolutions? Okay, okay. Linda, you did too? Okay, good job. Okay. This is that time where we kind of make a shift, right? This is that time where we we mark time by the end of one year and the beginning of another. We mark this time in the church by calling this no longer Advent or Christmas season. This is now Epiphany. So what is an Epiphany? What is it? I mean, a, a revelation, a realization... Okay, or that aha moment, right? And and but this is that Sunday, and we're going to focus on this more than one Sunday, where we think about the wise men. But to get there, I want to relate one of my favorite movies, 
And, and it is the movie Up. How many of you have seen the movie Up? So you will, this will make more, I'm trying to help everybody get sense out of this. But in the movie, it is an adventure story of an old kind of crotchety guy who loses the love of his life and is reminded of that love by a little pin that he wears and is constantly reminded that one of the goals they had was to get their house and, and rebuild it in a place above this beautiful waterfall. And they were going to do this together. And he committed to his wife before she died that he was going to do this. But it was a long, long ways away. And he was trying to figure out, how do I get my house from all the surrounding buildings that are going on away from here and to that far away land by the waterfall? Ah, an epiphany. I can do it with balloons. By the way, this is animated. Uh, <clears throat> everything's possible with animation. Thousands upon thousands of balloons. And he attaches them to various places around the house so that the house will be in balance. And then comes the day of the launch. And right as some are coming in to kind of be in conflict with him, he launches that release point and the house is released only to find out that now he's carrying with him a young little Cub Scout of sorts. But there's no stopping it now. There's no stopping it now. So off they go in search of the waterfall, in search of that beautiful spot. And adventure upon adventure happens in the midst of this journey. Including coming into this amazing, beautiful new land and running into what they thought was an old hero, but who instead was the dun-dun-dun evil one. And this evil man had gained incredible amounts of power by training a large group of dogs to follow his every command. And so they come into this land and, and one of the dogs is kind of a rogue. Okay, nerd. And, and, and what they realize, this little Cub Scout guy and the crotchety old guy, is that it's easy to, it's easy to distract this dog. All they have to do is say one word. You remember what the word is? Say it again, Kim. Squirrel! But you have to do it emphatically. Squirrel! Poop! And what they realize is that if, as they're being kind of pursued by this big pack of dogs, there comes a point even when the dogs are flying airplanes going after them. Did I mention this is animation? All they have to do is say, Poo! And off they go to find that non-existent creature. Distraction was an incredibly powerful tool for them. And we are surrounded by them every single day. One of the things we did in first service this morning was I asked people to turn where they were and talk to their neighbors about what those squirrels are in our lives that take us away from the path that God seeks from us. Uh, amazing um, how much uh, came out of that. I, I mean, uh, things like television and yes, all those things, but things like power or things like fear or things like insecurity or I mean, all manner of things 
that become the squirrel for us. And yet this story, the story of the wise men, is all about not getting caught up in the squirrels of our lives. It's really about staying focused on the light. And for the wise men, it was about following that star. And whether you believe this to be historic or metaphor, it doesn't matter to me. The message is clear to us that no matter where we are, no matter who we are, there is a focus that needs to happen in our lives. And we need to stay true to that focus, stay true to that light. And that light absolutely is the life and teachings of Jesus. We are unapologetically Christian. Christian. But there are things that help us and help remind us of how we stay focused. For the wise men, it was those three gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Right? And by the way, gold back then was a little different. It was the same material, but a little different focus for gold back then. Gold back then was seen as the ultimate gift to a king. If you wanted and were from a a far-off country and wanted to build a relationship with that country, you would bring that treasure first and lay it at the foot of that king. Recognizing that the whole goal of that is to build some kind of relationship, positive relationship, where you would share that land and share the prosperity and be in partnership with each other. Gold. Now do you see as the wise men bring this treasure and lay it at the feet of this child, not a baby in a manger, but a child in a house with his mother, that it was their recognition that they wanted to build this relationship with this king, a completely different kind of king than the one that they had confronted and tried to manipulate them on their journey. And they were not distracted from that journey by Herod. They kept going and kept that focus and laid that gold at the feet of this child. And thus the relationship was born. But there are those two other elements. Frankincense. Frankincense, both frankincense and myrrh come from the bark and the sap of certain trees in the Middle East. None of which, by the way, can be found in Israel. Frankincense is taken and turned into oil and it's always used for healing. Always. And I I have a vial of frankincense and often I'll combine it with other oil. And when I go to the hospital, what you'll find is I will use that frankincense to anoint someone in the hospital, often with the sign of a cross on their forehead, and then pray for them as that incredibly beautiful, fragrant oil just fills the room. But there is this secondary thing that happens because it penetrates your skin. and, And you can smell it sometimes for days afterwards. And so I'll go from that hospital room into the elevator, and guess what? Anybody who steps into that elevator, you can just see them going... (laughs) And they will ask, what is that? And I'll be able to say, it's frankincense. Frankincense. It's the oil of healing. And represented by these who are bringing this gift as that which would centrally and absolutely define what this child was to become. The great healer. And that was the definition of the purpose of this child, was to be that great healer, the bringer of peace into every place he went. But then there's myrrh. And myrrh is the opposite of frankincense. 
And by the way, you're going to be able to experience both of these next week. Um, We're bringing both of these oils to worship in a time next week. Myrrh is bitter. Myrrh was that which was used as it was turned into an oil to anoint the dead. And even, even to embalm the dead. And there was a fra- there is a fragrance to it, but myrrh is about death. Absolutely about death. And so this child, not just any death, but this child was to be killed because of the way he chose to live his life as an adult. And these three elements help us understand. They mark for us part of our journey. That we are to bring our offerings, that which we have, so that we can be in relationship with the one that we seek to follow. We are to offer ourselves as like a fragrant offering and understand that our primary goal, absolutely primary goal, is to bring peace and and healing to anyone and to everywhere where we are. That is what we do as followers of Jesus. And the third Myrrh reminds us that there is a sacrifice that goes with it. We can't just be normal. We can't just be distracted constantly by those things around us. We have to be focused. And sometimes sacrificially, we bring those gifts to make sure that no matter what, no matter what, no matter what, those gifts are placed where they need to be placed. These are incredibly powerful things for us, for every one of us. At the root of who we are, central to everything that we do, is that peace and the healing within ourselves, bringing it to each other in this place, and offering it to the community and to the world. That is what defines us. It is what defines us. And we do it sacrificially. And that brings us to this table. This table also reminds us of those kinds of elements. Like what we remember in Epiphany, every month we come together to be reminded of what brings us and centers us. The bread. To me, as I was thinking about communion, particularly today, I was reminded that the bread, for me, it talks about, it helps us remember that God brings us nourishment. And it's not necessarily just physical, but we are to offer nourishment to the world, both physical and spiritual healing. But we have to be centered on being fed in order to bring that nourishment to others. This reminds me of a God who continually seeks to bring that kind of nourishment to us. But then there's the cup. And the cup continually reminds us of those two cups that Jesus held on that Last Supper, in that Last Supper. One was the cup of that sacrificial way that He lived, choosing to live a life that He knew would cost Him His life. Always for others. Always for others. And yet, out of that came a newness, a new covenant a new relationship with God. And it was amazing how those combined. 
And here we have that amazing combination of gold and frankincense and myrrh and bread and cup. Reminders of who we are, what we are, and what we are to be. As we begin to move toward communion, I, I want to read this poem written by a friend of Shannon's that helps us center there. It's by John Thornburg. He writes, There is no smell like fresh baked bread, no sight akin to dancing steam when knife has pierced the amber crust revealing yeasty stuff. There is no moment quite as rich as when this feast of smell and sight has drawn us from our separate rooms to gather and partake. This dancing steam appeared one night, disguised as starlight overhead, and from the nations far and wide, three wise ones came to see. So come, bread of life, and make your home within the corners of our hearts. Come draw us from our separate rooms to gather and partake. Come draw us from our separate places. Come draw us from our separate lives to gather in this place to offer our gifts, to heal and be healed, and to do it in a way that may change our lives. That do it in a way together that may change our lives. Amen. As we go to prayer time this morning, I want to we're going to sing come and find a quiet center. It's in the black book. But I just want to lift up a few things and and I, I want to lift up Norma Bush t- this morning and particularly Marvin as he has really struggled with some health issues over um, these last few weeks and and really months. And and Norma just know that that we're here for you and anything you need. You know this group, and we are surrounding you with our love and whatever you need. Um, the Martinsons sit back there in first service, and um, Sue and others have gone through some really difficult kind of physical challenges. We have those in this church um, and surrounding this church who continue to struggle with that cycle of addiction. And I, I want to lift them up. And right now... Um, even up till last night, in, in a, a real critical way, uh, we're dealing with one among us who is really struggling with mental illness and is now in influencing and impacting his family. And I just ask for prayers for that family. And I just, and there are others for whom this is a difficult time, but there are also the joys that we find in life and... Um, and, and Jeff, I know that you're struggling with seasonal depression, and, and so we're going to pray for that as well. And, and others who may be struggling with other issues. But also, let's remember that there are joys in life as well. We get caught up in, in all those struggles and forget that, my gosh, there are some amazing celebrations. There are times of graduation and even, even, even 80th birthdays. No one shall mention her name. (laughs) Coming up shortly. And it's what we do together, isn't it? We celebrate, 
We pray for, we surround, and we support. Because remember, it's about healing. And sometimes that healing comes out of the joy of life.